I'm Kieran Valley. And I'm Kate Valley. And this is Friday Night at Blockbuster, the podcast about the biggest movies of the 2000s. Before we get into this week's movie, which is finally the horror movie that <laughs> I have been allowed to pick for this podcast. And the only one you get. The only one, unfortunately. <laughs> Although next week I'm going to try and find something that might still unnerve Kate a little bit, even though it's not a horror movie. There are a couple things we need to talk about. A couple, a couple new releases that we've talked about in previous episodes. We've now had a chance. You've seen one. I've seen one. So let's let's sort of unpack. We don't necessarily need or want to spoil these for anybody. So, you know, if you haven't had a chance to see these movies yet, which the one I'm about to talk about, most people probably will not have had a chance. Um, but just skip ahead. Skip a ahead little. a minute or two. Yeah, skip ahead <laughs> a couple minutes. Um, don't don't leave the podcast altogether. Just skip ahead a few minutes uh, or pause it, go watch the movies and come back. Because yours is already on streaming. Yes. So which, which what movie did you watch this week? So I watched The Pigeon Tunnel, right? Yeah. Yeah. You watched the movie. I didn't watch the movie. What the fuck? You now, you've brought up the movie to me and watched it. Yes. I think of the two of us, you're going to be the one who knows what the title is. The Pigeon Tunnel. So I've just watched The Pigeon Tunnel. I guess I didn't sell it to Kieran correctly or with all of the information when I brought it up on the podcast before. Well, again, like we'll go back and run the tape, but I think I think what you said was that it's a documentary about a former British spy. Yeah. Which was like sounded cool. I think I was like, well, that's like I'm into the or I'm interested in that. Yeah. And I think what, I left out what, a... what piece of information did you leave out? That he was a spy who now turned into a writer and is what's his, his name his pen name is le le care le carre le carre john le carre <laughs> that's who the documentary is about the greatest espionage spy thriller writer of all time that's who the documentary is about <laughs> and that's you know really key information <laughs> but you know beyond that moving Whatever. past moving i already said i was interested yeah. i'm gonna watch it are you now for sure going to watch it because you now know who it's about? Well, I did see. So I didn't look it up because I, I kind of also wasn't sure if it was a series or if it was a movie. Yeah. Um, and then a friend of mine on Letterboxd reviewed it. And in his review, he like talked glowingly about his love of John le Carre novels and things. Like that. And so then I was like, wait a second. And so then I <laughs> went into the the movie proper to look at it all and i was like holy fuck it, it's a documentary about john lacari like yes i'm gonna watch this um so yeah so i got around to watching it this weekend i didn't love the filmmaker right i didn't i'm also blanking on his name right Errol now Morris. thank you one of the greatest of all time <laughs> i'm selling things this yeah. week this is great <laughs> um but yeah i didn't necessarily love how he put the documentary together i love that it was 90 minutes that was awesome i think it's definitely i'm definitely gonna have to go back and rewatch it it's been a long week it's been a long weekend for me here and stuff so i tried to put it on last night thinking it was going to be something different than it was and it was like oh it's 90 minutes i'll sail through this and like i can still get to bed at a decent time and about halfway through i was like i'm not really loving how you're doing this so like like more the presentation yeah so like. i kind of started to tune out so yeah definitely worth a rewatch i think on my part on a better day on a better time but i liked 
learning his history, um, they tend to insert, he'll talk about something or a time in his life, and then they cut to a movie that is based off of his books and shows, well, this is why I wrote this particular right, scene or right. things like that. So the idea of it is cool. It's just... Are you like into spy, spy. novels, spy movies? Like, is that a genre of story that you enjoy? I kind of do. Um, you like the whole sort of like... Kind of the whodunit, and, yeah. Uh, the, the shadowy figures. Yeah. And, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm like, it might not be my top genre, but I wouldn't not watch something because that's what it was based on. So I imagine that you haven't read any John Le Carre novels. You <laughs> didn't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but did you get a sense watching the documentary and hearing him speak about what I assume like he was speaking about his life. He's probably speaking about his work. You're obviously seeing clips of the movies based on his novels. Did you get a sense of like, Oh, this guy kind of created the blueprint for spy storytelling going forward. A little bit. He talks at one point about, I think he saying something about a book that he wrote and he's like, I kind of made it sound really interesting being an MI5, I think at the time he was talking about, he's like, it really wasn't like, I've kind of made it cooler than it was. And so then I was thinking back to other spy movies where it's like, you do watch it and you're like, that would be a cool job. Like that could be a really cool and fun job. Um, it does sound like a lot of the time it wasn't fun and exciting. Yeah. It was kind of just, you're there watching. I think for so. like sort of like every James Bond, there's probably thousands of yeah. spies who are like tied to a desk yeah. and just combing through Intel, Intel and, yeah. and, you know, letters and, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> do your head in a little <laughs> bit. Um, it's interesting though that like, this has come out and I've now discovered that it's, it's John Lacari because I just watched uh, The Spy Who Came In From The Cold, which is like one of his earlier... Yep. I think um, that's like his first one. I think that's his first one. So I just watched the movie based on that. Um, again, it's it's one of these books that I've had on my shelf for quite literally years and have not read it. But I watched the movie the other week and was just like, wow, this is a really, really bleak depiction of... Yeah. being a spy like yep. there's no romanticism in it whatsoever and you're sort of like i i knew that he had been in this world so you're sort of watching the movie being like only somebody who knows about how mundane all this stuff actually like could write a story like this yep. where it's sort of like this isn't cool this isn't fun but it's also like your life is on the line at every second. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But that's that's not thrilling. No, and like, that's, that's scary. Yeah, and, and that's and that's what this movie really sort of hammered home. And I was like, it was it was really cool. It was a really good movie. Yeah, so I think it's worth a rewatch on my part, and definitely a watch on your part because you know who the guy is. So <laughs> I'll I'll definitely be checking this movie out. Like, there's there's no chance that I'm gonna let this go by now. So yeah, that's a pigeon tunnel, not. Maybe not a home run for you, but yeah. like something you might check out again later yeah. on. Okay, so I kind of joked in the car that the people want to know. And then I followed it up with, really, it's just our uncle who really wants to know. What are your thoughts, Kieran, on the Killers of the Flower Moon? Yeah, so I'm going to try and be very vague. Okay. Because... This we, is like brand new. Yeah, we are recording this on the weekend that it opened. And so like I can only imagine that not very many people have had a chance to see it. 
So I am going to say that I think it's like brilliant. Okay. It is incredible. It is, And it's so good that it actually makes me want to go back and revisit Silence and The Irishman because both of those movies didn't necessarily hit for me. Like I could look at both of them and sort of be like, okay, like there's a lot of good like technical work, but there's something about the story or the way that it's all being done didn't really connect with me. But this is so good that I'm like, oh, I've missed something. Okay. I need to go back. You think and he's kind of like worked up to this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what I'll say is that I think it's very clearly a sort of a retrospective look at his own filmography. Like he is, I think he is actively doing things in this movie where he is saying to himself, oh, I've done it this way for 30 years, but actually now that I'm getting older, and with this story and things like that, like that's actually the wrong approach. That's the wrong idea. And I cannot do that again. I need to do this other way, this other, you know, type of storytelling. And so like, I found it to be very patient. I, it's obviously, you know, that the headlines are that it's three and a half hours and it is three and a half hours. Although I, I said to Chris in the car the next day, he asked me like, is a movie ever too long? And there's that, Roger Ebert quote, a good movie is never too long, but a bad movie is never too short. And like that, that's how I felt watching this. Now, the caveat with it is that it is three and a half hours. Like you need to be somewhere comfortable. Yes, you did. <laughs> so like that is priority number one. Pick a good theater. Pick a good theater with good seats. I saw this in a bad theater with bad seats. And those last 45 minutes were really rough. Really rough, but that is not the movie's fault. So yeah, I, I think, think you also said pick a good time of day. You well, went to go yeah, see it at nine thirty. I so. went to go see it at nine thirty, so I wasn't walking on the movie theater until one in the morning. Which, like, again, that's fine for me, but it's sort of like that was pushing it. Yeah, that was definitely pushing it. Um, anyone who's read the book will know what the story is, and so like you know that's fair enough. Like. He does tweak things a little bit, but he keeps the story more or less the same. I found the book to be a like a whodunit. Like you're following this investigation as it's kind of building. And like the eventual FBI character who shows up to help try and solve the murders of the Osage people. He kind of becomes the main character. And so you follow him as he's putting things together. The movie, I think more is a like how done it okay um it's not really a spoiler to say. i won't sort of say anything more than that but the movie does tell you who is the bad guys within the first 15 minutes okay you know what I mean? like they're not high he's not hiding the fact of who the bad people are in this story and then you have to sit and watch those bad people three and a half hours oh jesus okay. um and so it's, but it's not the bad people in the way that like when you watch something like wolf of wall street where there's Maybe there's a little, I like, I don't, I don't think so, but there's a little bit of a debate in terms of like, is he glorifying this? Like, you know, the, the whole yeah. Jordan Belfort thing, like, is he glorifying this excessive wealth? And like, he's not, I don't think he is, but in this movie, it's very much a, like, no, he's like, I'm going to show you who the bad people are. I'm going to show you how they do the things they do. I'm going to show you how they get away with the things that they do, but like they're bad people. Like yeah. th- it's never, ever sort of in question. Is there are, something redeemable about no, them? Or, exactly. Yeah. So he is asking certain indi- like interesting questions along the way. And like 
we'll wait maybe a few weeks for you to go see it or, or it's going to come out on Apple TV um, actually as well, um, sort of in the near future. So like maybe we'll wait for it to, to get released there to, to really talk about it. Like I, I will certainly be watching it again. I left the movie theater at 1 a.m. with a really sore back from the chair and like, you know, all these things that could have and probably should have sort of been like, oh, well, I don't really enjoy that because X, Y, and Z. I just left there being like, I watch it again. Yeah. Like, can we go back in? <laughs> uh, so the only thing I will say about it, and it's not about the movie at all, but we were there and it was a packed theater. It was a full theater, which was really, really nice. The person directly behind me, directly behind me. First of all, I just want to know, like, how have we not got the memo yet? To be quiet in a movie theater? To be, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, I like, what is going on? What, is this like, your first movie? Yeah. Have you chose well, to come so, see this as your first movie? <laughs> so, so, they came in, like, right as the, like, previews were starting. So, like, they were already kind of, you know, everyone was kind of settled in. But that's whatever. The, you know, previews end and the Apple logo comes on screen. So, you're sort of like, okay, the movie's starting. Yeah. And they both, there was a a guy and and his wife, like, or wife and her husband or whatever. I don't know who the instigator really was. But they both yelled out, like, we love you, Leo. As if, like, he was there. So we were all sort of like, oh, Christ. And, like, they were right behind me. It kind of goes on a little bit. For anyone who will eventually see the movie, like, DiCaprio's character has this, like, constant frown to his face like like okay he's wearing like some sort of prosthetic teeth to sort of put his jaw and his face into this like position that's just kind of like tensed up yeah. all the time and so the first time that we see him she like whooped and then there's a moment in the movie again it's not really a spoiler but there's a moment in the movie where DiCaprio's character is talking about the types of women that he loves the spoiler being that he doesn't discriminate. He loves all women. Yeah. Like it doesn't really matter. And she immediately was like, as long as they're under 25, which like saying it now is quite funny saying it in a movie theater, like shut up. And so I was sitting there fucking stewing being like, she's got one more. She's got one more before I shut this shit down. Um, but then she got up and walked out like 20 minutes into the movie and, Apparently she came back and sat in the front rows. Uh, I don't know if somebody beside her was like, shut, the shut fuck up, up. <laughs> um, very quietly. But like, I was going to make a scene. Like I was, I was ready to go. And so, yeah, like, I don't know what people are doing. Like, shut up in the movie. <laughs> Nobody's here to hear your commentary track. Shut up. If you want to do a commentary tra- track, just wait until it comes out in your home. Well, that, that like... was because when we left. The people that I was with, we were all obviously talking about her and they were, they knew she was right behind me. And so like, they were like, were you going to say it? And I was like, I, she had one more. She had one more. <laughs> and I was like, I had something in the chamber ready to go. And that was good. I was just going to stand up and be like, where do you think you are? Yeah. Like, do you think you're at home right now? Because if you do, like, we got an issue. Yeah. Because clearly you're not in touch with reality. But yeah, I, I was, I was, well, I was ready to go. So my only question for you then for the movie is this going to get Scorsese another Oscar? No. No? No. No. As good as this is, like, it's fucking bleak. Yeah? It's not happy. Okay. It's not, like, he's not answering any questions here. You know what I mean? Like, all of the things that he points to in this movie to be like, these are problems, they're still problems. Okay. So, like, he's not, you know, he's not solving any issues. He's not, you know, this is not a, 
Like you don't leave this movie being like, wow, he did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're sort of like, whoa, that's, that's rough. Okay. okay. That's rough. But I think it, like it's a straight masterpiece. It's incredible. A movie, <laughs> like a, it's so good that it makes you want to watch two other three hour movies. Like that's how good this movie is. You did is. only give it a four though. I think. Yeah, but that's how I that's how I mostly do these things. I okay. like to give myself some wiggle room. So it can only go it can go up. Yeah. Like a five like we don't need to get into this too too much. <laughs> we're we're already running way long here. Um a five is basically like I've rewatched this movie ten times. Okay. So like it's never ever really I think I've given two movies a five, like out of the gate. You know what I mean? And both of those were documentaries and both of those were just like, wow, that's maybe the greatest documentary I've ever seen. So I, t- I tend not to give fives off the bat. And then there was a part of me in this maybe not a great thing to do when trying to, like, ultimately, uh, I say this now, but it, like, it doesn't care. These are my ratings. I shouldn't have to defend them. But in my head, I, w- I was thinking, like, well, it, it was two viewings until I gave Oppenheimer four and a half. That's fair. So, like, I would like to give this two viewings to sort of be like, is this as good is it better or is it maybe worse than, op- you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how how does this stack up on a second viewing with the other three hour movie of, of the year? You know what I mean? So I think like four to five is really good, kids. Yeah. That's, I'm just curious. Like, come on. You said out, it was a master. Out. You said it was a masterpiece and beautiful and fantastic. And yeah. then you gave it a four. Four to five. <laughs> I think that makes perfect sense. So. Do we like if we're, do you want me to bring up some of your ratings? <laughs> Do you want me to put you on blast in terms of what you hand out as fives? No, I don't think you do. We can move on. Okay. <laughs> Listen, it's only going to get better. The more you talk about these types of movies, the less scary they're going to get. Yeah, you say that now, except this movie is purely based about a woman in a house alone with I kids. Know, I know. <laughs> so is next week. Um, so Kate's giving it away a little bit there. Yeah. We are going back to May 17th, 2002. To talk about the horror movie, slight horror movie, The Others, starring Nicole Kidman. I would say it's horror. I think we, at the start of this, when I said we would do a horror movie and I would allow you one, we had to kind of break them down between slashers, yeah. gore, like yeah. the different subgenres. I don't know. Well, it's like different types of horror. Different types yeah. of horror. And I kind of said, I didn't necessarily love super gory ones. I don't like the sight of fake or real blood, really. You have a thing about little girl ghosts, so we weren't going to do a movie about that. I've, I've opened that up to just children in general, alive okay. or dead. They all scare me. Okay. Yeah. I kind of fell in that same boat. And so I did give you a bit of a hard time to try and pick one that would fit into my criteria. <laughs> so. Yeah. But like, so I just want to know, like, don't just say because I get scared. But, like, why don't you like horror movies? My mind then just plays on me. So, the we'll take this movie, for instance. Sure. This movie, this woman, clearly something's going on. Within the first couple minutes, you get that kind of, like, something's under your skin. Yeah. Crawling yeah. sensation. She spends her whole movie going around the house, making sure doors are closed, making sure doors are locked. And then coming back and doors being open. I then, at the end of this movie, went around and made sure all the doors in our house were closed and locked. So. (laughs) Because my mind then starts to play on, 
like, could that happen to me? Like, if I turn, right? The idea of, I think we had talked about possibly doing The Fog was another movie we had thought of doing. It gets foggy here. My mind would start to play on, well, is there something out there? Like, there could be a person coming. Somebody, like... <laughs> so, like, I think we've we've kind of talked about this a little bit before in terms of other movies where things happen to characters and you can't help but put yourself yeah. in their shoes. Exactly. Is that what yes. happens with the horror movie? Like, it doesn't matter what type of horror movie no. it is. You are immediately putting yourself in the character's yeah. position. And then that's okay. Yeah. So creepy guy, creepy guy calling the landline. Yeah. Yep. Who's calling the landline? Why is the phone ringing at 1030 at night? I'm in the house by myself. Even if there are people in the house, I would still instantly be like, I'm here by myself. Like it's just like all horror movies. Yeah. It doesn't matter (laughs) what is going on. You're right in there. Yep. You just need like, you need to break this down because <laughs> there are... Can you, but like, so you don't get affected by them? No. Like, do so... you get pleasure in being scared? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I get a lot of joy. Like when a horror movie really works and does actually scare me, because I do still get scared by some of these movies. I, I just sit there with like the biggest fucking grin on my face because it's like, oh, this is working. Like this movie's working. Great. This like I didn't put on a dud. You no, know what I mean? like, like I, I don't cry at movies. I'll laugh at comedies. We actually haven't really done a comedy, like a real comedy on the podcast. Cause I actually think that like comedies get less funny. You've said that before. As you watch them again and again. Whereas good horror movies still scare me. Yeah. So like I don't necessarily get scared by slashers anymore. Right, you know, like a crazy person running around with a knife or whatever, cutting people up, doesn't really scare me anymore. Scream still scares me, still affects me, still gets in under my skin, and like, and I think that's because I'm putting myself back at the age that I was when I first saw it. Okay. Um, and so like it's still. So you don't necessarily put yourself in the movie. No, no, no. You no. put yourself at the age that you first watched it. Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes, like that. Screams maybe a bit unique in that sense. That like, because Scream's not that scary. Yeah. Really, um, it's a really good horror movie, and it's really, really clever and much more intelligent than I think people realize. But it's not really that scary. You know what I mean? But I still get scared by it because I can remember how I felt when I saw it when I was nine years old, ten years old. Other ones that still scare me still scare me for like pretty distinct reasons. So like I'm a big atmosphere guy. So I don't really get scared by like ghosts or monsters or things like that. But if you have this like atmosphere of dread where it's just like never ending and you know what I mean? And you've already said like kind of gets in under your skin. Like I can feel the chills when I'm watching a movie where it's sort of like, holy fuck, like, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. And like your heart kind of starts going a little bit quicker. You're just, and, but like, I, that's what I enjoy. Like I'm, I'm not actively seeking it. Yeah. Um, but when it is happening with a, a horror movie in particular, it's, I just sit there being like, oh fuck. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. See, I don't like that feeling. <laughs> I don't like that feeling at all. Even just talking about it, I'm now thinking back to this movie and I'm getting like the chills and that like uneasy feeling again. When we first decided or or I decided and and you allowed me to have one horror movie, my first original idea, which I might save for like 
a future episode, but it won't be a horror episode, was to sort of mix in a challenge and to get you to watch two, <laughs> two, but like the original version and then sort of a remake that came out in the 2000s. Because that's yeah. really what we got a lot of in the 2000s was was remakes of particularly like 70s and 80s horror. Looking back now, would that have just been like way too much for you? Yeah. So like you would not have been able to do two in a week. No, right. not at all. Even yeah. if like the second time around, you would have known what the story was. Yeah, but I then just would have had more images in my head of me doing things or having things happen. Like I would have just had double. <laughs> but is there like, is there not a part of you though that like can appreciate that a, that the, the movie was that effective that like you you I can appreciate that, but right. I don't want that feeling. But you don't want that feeling. I don't want that feeling. I spend. Are you an, an anxious person? Yes. Are you, Yes. Are you, you're an anxious person? Yes. Extremely. I. That might be the difference. (laughs) (laughs) I I just don't feel that normally. And so I kind of need the horror movies to make me feel it. I feel like this is becoming much more of a therapy session than a movie review this week. (laughs) Sometimes I'll watch the scary movie and sort of. To feel something? To feel something and sort of be like, oh yeah, I need to get that resume in. Like, like. I yeah. actually, I'm not enjoying my job right now. I probably should apply for that new job. Like, I think what I've always said to people is I am such a planner. And so I make lists and I plan for various things. The flip side of that then is I plan too much and I over plan. And then my mind immediately goes into, okay, well, what's worst case scenario? Let's plan for that. Let's, oh, wait, I can think something worse than that worst case scenario and stuff. And so like, for me, that anxiety feeling, I have most of the day because I'm always thinking and planning for things. We did talk, the movie that we're talking about, originally we had planned to go see it together Yes. at our local theater because they had... They were showing a 4K restoration. Restoration. Yeah. I am so glad we didn't because we had talked about going and either walking home and Karen had said... Well, we'll split halfway. I wasn't going to leave you halfway. <laughs> and I was just like, afterwards, I was like, nope, wouldn't have made it home. Would not have made it home. <laughs> okay. So, so, but okay. We, we, we'll get into the movie here in a second, but like, I'm very curious because how did you watch this movie? I, like, I imagine you watched it in the middle of the day. I watched it in the middle of the day. Yeah. Light, lights on, all that sort of stuff. Middle of the day. Briar was napping downstairs. All the doors were locked. <laughs> Briar then woke up. I had 20 minutes left and it was actually kind of nice having another I did, body. <laughs> you did tell me this the other day and I was like, that's so pathetic, Kate. That, like, the if, one if anything year, the was going to go wrong, what was Briar going to do about it? The one-year-old was going to help. Yeah. She was the protective. <laughs> She's, oh my God. She's fearless. She would have protected me from anything, so. She'd be so curious by an intruder. Yeah. She would just go up there and blow kisses and give them virtual hugs. But, so... If that's how you had to watch, like, could, would I have been able to talk you into going to see this in the theater? Like with all the lights off in the dark and you, you kind of had to sit there. Like, cause I imagine like, did you pause it? Did you sort of walk away? Like, no. how did you? No, like. Once you put it on, you. you once put I put it, it on, on, I put it on. I think the only time I paused it was to get Briar when she woke up from her nap. Um, but no, I tried my best to kind of sit because I know that part of the horror movie experience is to have those feelings 
So I couldn't allow myself to pause it and leave and come back. Right. Like, if I'm going to do it, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, as much as I didn't like it, I think I had said I would be, if you really wanted me to go see it in theater to get the ex- experience and to have other people around, I would have done it. I wouldn't have gone by myself at all. Like, I would have had to go with you. Right. And stuff. So... This was definitely not going to be a solo going to a movie theater to watch. So now that you're getting more and more into movies and sort of being like, you've said it a few times now in a few episodes, you don't want to necessarily be left out of conversations Yeah. about certain movies. Are there any horror movies that have, even no. though you're not necessarily looking forward to them, you're sort of like, I would actually like to check that out. No. Nothing. Nothing. Because really in my life, the only person who likes horror movies is you. Yeah. Chris is not a fan, so what's kind of nice then is we're not trying to force the other one to watch it. Right. Mom also, not really a fan, so again, like, it's just you, so you then- wait until I get a hold of Briar. (laughs) Oh my god. That's fine. The two of you guys can go off and watch horror movies together. But so, there isn't necessarily a conversation, because you know that we're not interested, you just don't talk to us- really about them you might say that there's a new one out that's good or whatever but that's kind of the extent of the conversation you're not trying to push it on us getting into the others okay in specifically yeah because you wanted to watch this because you haven't seen it since i probably haven't seen it since i was maybe 13 or 14 yeah. years so old you wanted to see if it lived up to the yeah. memory well so i talked a little bit about last week that i remember watching this when i was 13 years old or whatever and sort of not getting it like I definitely would have sought it out because it was a horror movie and like getting rave reviews and all these sort of things I'm sort of being like oh cool a new horror movie great and then sitting down to watch it and sort of being like oh that's not what I expected at all and not really getting it and then I haven't watched it for 20 years and so this for me was an opportunity to go back and sort of revisit that to sort of be like what did i miss yeah what did i not understand about that one or or did it just not work like my feelings as i was 13 might still be the same they are not uh this is like (laughs) did you find the missing piece yeah yeah yeah. this is like a fucking great movie it's a great movie and i think it's a great movie for the re like the things that it doesn't do which is like I, like, watching it this time, I thought it was way more of a sort of, like, almost like a Bronte sister type horror movie. You know what I mean? Like, there's still ghosts in it. There's still scary stuff that happens in it. Like, we'll get into some of the twists and whatnot later on. But for me, this time around, it was way more of a, like, oh, this could just be Jane Eyre. Yeah. This could just be Wuthering Heights with a couple more ghosts you mean yeah. like, i know that there are ghosts in those movies but um you mean like to to my mind uh amenabar the director was very he, like he wanted to make a sort of like period piece gothic drama that just happened to have ghosts you yeah. mean like he wasn't necessarily setting out to make uh scream yeah. or you know what I mean like that's kind of a poor comparison point but yeah, and so like that's so when I because I watched it before you watched it, and so you've read those books, you've watched those movies. Did that lessen it a little bit? Like, did it, was that an, a way in for you? 
before the scary stuff really started or from like moment one, were you kind of in the mindset of this is a scary movie. I'm not liking this. A little bit of both. I got into the mindset of it's a scary movie. So they're going to make me feel scared, anxious, yeah. whatever. It and wasn't. They, and like they, he does that almost immediately. Like that, that is there. That's there from the very, very, very beginning. The beginning like starts with like that chill, yeah. like that music. Yeah. And then Nicole Kidman screams and you're immediately like, oh, something's. The three people like come out of the fog. Yeah. Like it, yeah. something's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. For so sure. like for he sure. does a good job at setting up that feeling and kind of keeping you in that feeling the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My love of period pieces made the house kind of more accessible. Okay. Um, In that I believed the various rooms and I could believe that the doors and all of that and the servant piece of it and things like that. I will say I didn't, I don't like horror movies as we've already discussed. I tried my best to not go into this movie being like, I'm going to hate it. Right. I might not like the genre, right. but I'm not going to hate the movie because I wanted to see what I actually felt at the end. I didn't hate the movie. I enjoyed the movie. I didn't like the feeling I had. Right. But, but if I were, say it's good, but I can point and say that it was a right. good movie. Right. So, because I think, yeah, like the, I, I found this time around that obviously barring a few scares, because, you know, he needs to have something every 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, for the most part, this was a sort of like, just like a mom at the end of a rope with yeah. two kids in this big house. And you know what I mean? Like, it's all that drama going on. Like, you could see this as a sort of Jane Austen type yeah. novel that just doesn't have ghosts. You know what I mean? Like, it could work as that. If he didn't play kind of the creepy, eerie yeah. music. Yeah. You wouldn't think that it was a horror. It could just be a period piece. I do think, though, that, like, we've already brought it up a few times there. Like, the atmosphere of the movie is kind of... That's the unsettling thing. Yeah. Like, there are definitely some scary bits. A lot of it's with the audio, which is, like... Creepy. Maybe even scarier than seeing the thing. Because now your mind is kind of running wild a little bit. Like, you hear voices kind of off screen and whatnot but when you open the movie and it's this big estate house and, and it's like completely covered in fog and you can't really see 10 feet in front of you and then these three figures come out of the fog and they just walk up to the house and like there's kind of something already off about them yeah uh you don't really know what's going on then you get into the house and like the entire house is more or less in darkness because these kids have an affliction where they can't, they're, they're allergic to sunlight. Yeah. And so the house is kind of always kept behind curtain. Yeah. You know, there's not a the lot only of... source of light is the lamp. And, and that plays in it because that is so limiting yeah. that you then can't see the edges of the frame. Everything's in darkness. And so you are kind of like, I found myself kind of like searching to sort of be like, like, is that something there? What's going on? And yeah. Is like, something going to come out of the shadows? Is there going to be kind of like a flicker or movement? Or... But like when a movie is a, when a movie gets me to engage like that, that's when I know <laughs> it's like, oh, you, you've, you've Good. done it. You've yeah. done it. Like there, there are other, you, we can go down 
horror movies as well. But there, you know, there was that movie a couple years ago, Invisible Man. Obviously, but Invisible Man. <laughs> but the way that they put that film together, the way that the, the, they shot some of the scenes, like they would just hold on a frame for like an excruciating amount of time. <laughs> okay. And then something in the background would move. And you'd be like, oh, fuck, he's here. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. you know what I mean? But like, it would make you watch everything because he could be anywhere. You know what I mean? And so, and then like the other great example that I, I was thinking of when I was watching this movie was It Follows. Just a little bit similar in terms of the the dynamics of the monster in that movie are that it's always walking towards the main character. Oh, okay. But like it can take on any form. Like it can take on any person that could get closest to this, to its victim, to its target, right? And so what you're, what they do is there's so many shots in that movie where it's like they'll be sitting in a field and you'll see everything. You'll see the entire field. You'll see the background. You'll see the houses in the background. You'll see the street in the background. And it makes you sort of be like, is that, is that someone walking? Is that someone walking with like, Oh, is something moving over there? Is someone moving oh. back there? Like, cause they want you to sort of be looking over the character's shoulders to be like, is that someone behind you? Is that, who's that walking? And okay. like they want you to engage, like, and I found myself doing that a little bit in this movie, in terms of like the shadows and whatnot. We're sort of like, what's what's going on back yeah. there? Like, what's what's is that just shadow or is that something? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I just like when when a movie's able to do that, you're just like this is super effective. I think for like we've said, it was the audio that got me every time. Yeah. Um. There's a good one with the kids in the bed. Yeah, oh yeah. my god. Oh, yeah. oh, I didn't know. Oh, I think that's the first time you hear the voice, too. Yeah. And I was immediately like, whoa. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that one freaked me out. But it was, once again, me putting myself in the situation, like, Nicole Kidman's character, Grace, um, hears screaming. And so then goes and runs at, goes to each kid. It's like, well, I wasn't screaming. Like, that was oh, me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. Instantly, you would be there being like, you've lost it. Like, yeah. you are going crazy. Because there is that thing with new parents and new babies. Like, it, it's called phantom crying. You think you hear your kid crying. <laughs> so, like, that's definitely happened to me. <laughs> Next time Briar's in bed crying, <laughs> you're going to lose it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, we should talk about Nicole Kidman. I thought she did a great job. She's incredible. She's she, incredible in this movie. She did... Uh, yeah, I just loved her in this. Because, like, at this part, at this moment in her life, 2002-ish, this is probably the height of her fame. Yeah. This I, is probably when she's the most famous she's ever been. I think I read the trivia. She had just done Moulin Rouge yeah. before this. And I think she didn't want to do this. She kind of wanted to not do the creepy, scary movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and kind of stay on the height of Moulin Rouge. But no, I thought she did a great job. Like, well, she like what you get because what often takes me out of a horror movie, okay, is that they're low budget and therefore can't afford really good actors. And so then you get these actors who are trying to sell scared, trying to sell emotional, trying to sell whatever's going on, and you're sort of sitting there being like, "I'm not buying any of this, I'm not buying any of it." But you sometimes get a movie like this or, you know, Hereditary with Tony Collette, you know, we can go all the way back to Psycho with Vivian Lee. Like you get an A-list 
overqualified actor to be in your little horror movie. And all of a sudden it's like, fuck, like she's making me feel things because she is clearly terrified. Yeah. And so now you're buying in in a way that you don't normally. I think for me, when she started to kind of lose it a little bit or whatever, she didn't just lose it. She then like tightened on the control yeah, and stuff and like tightened in on rules and separating the kids or having the daughter Lydia read the Bible for three days as a punishment. Like it would have been easy for her to start hearing voices or hear having her kids say they're hearing voices and her just being like, okay, well I'm going to go crazy now and stuff. Her just being like, I'm just going to sit here and embroider. Like, yeah, try and try and stay normal (laughs) when she knows something's going on. Like that's what kind of got me. Cause that's probably how I would do it too. Like, <laughs> well, like I think she she does both really really well. Like she's a great actor for a reason. But like she plays that sort of stiff upper lip matriarch that we see for the first 35 45 minutes or whatever until things really start to go off the rails. She plays that so well cuz you you immediately buy this like, you know, statuesque, you know, woman. Yeah. And you're sort of like, yeah, okay, I buy it. I buy that. Like, you know, she can definitely do that. And then she starts to slowly descend into, like, madness and hysteria. And you're sort of like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like, she is also, like, unhinged. (laughs) And, like, that's the scary part where it's sort of like, she's liable to do anything here. Yeah. When she starts to really question her own reality. Like, that's fucking terrifying like i I don't get scared by monsters but i get scared by crazy people (laughs) going off the rails going going crazy yeah like that's (laughs) sort of like whoa what's going on here like but yeah i think i i think she's incredible i'm like she's on the poster like she's the reason to watch the movie yeah and she crushes it any any thoughts on the two strange british kids the girl freaked me out from the very beginning yeah from the very be- I think one of my early notes is like, don't like her, don't trust her, can't like... So I'm not that crazy for not liking little girl ghosts <laughs> no, is what you're getting no, at. Like, no. I'm not, you know, people laugh at me, but I've done the well, research. Well, now you've extended it to just living or dead kids. Yeah, so. th- just all kids. They all scare me. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think I have a note, like, is Anne Victor? She's creepy. Like, I just... Well, that, and that's going back to that first real scare... With the kids in bed. Oh my god. Like that's the ambiguous part is that you don't know if that is Anne because we see everything from the boy's perspective. Yeah. And so you're sort of like Anne is off screen. Like Anne could just be putting on this voice. Yeah. I think you see like the back of Anne's head. Yeah. And you kind of see her lips moving the whole time. So you are just like, oh, she's gone crazy and has made up this Victor character. Imaginary friend, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and stuff. And yeah. Oh my God. I can't handle her. It's really good. It's really good. Like I remembered, we'll get into the twists here in a minute. I remembered the broad strokes of the movie and I remembered obviously how it all ended up. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in the middle where I was sort of like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) And that, that scene was one of them where I was like, well, that was, that's a plus point. Like that's really good guys. Oh my God. Yeah. What about. What about the well, let's let's go into the twist because I okay. think to to answer some of the other things we you, have to talk about you kind of have to talk and, about the yeah. twist. Okay. So, plot twist number one: we find out that the three 
house staff who servants who, so th- yeah like well, yeah i guess they are yeah um the that we meet at the very beginning who sort of emerge from the fog we find out that they are ghosts yeah they are dead and have been dead for quite a, t- a long time actually yeah um they have been buried on the grounds of the house and they are here for something we yeah. don't really know what they don't necessarily seem malicious but they are ghosts they are ghosts and they and, have come and they yeah the one woman mrs mills says to the girl at some point like your mom can't see what you see yeah but like she'll get there she doesn't believe in it i believe in it there are big changes coming so like you're kind of there being like is she planting something in the kids heads like is she going to try and take the kid like what's and so like, and we should we should probably probably should have set this up before the conflict of the story is that the two kids specifically Anne, the little girl is claiming that there's ghosts in the house yeah she's claiming that victor who we've talked about but that there are other ghosts in the house that n- nobody else can really see or interact with or, or interact hear, with yeah. or hear except mrs mills does come out and say like i believe you i believe yeah. that there are ghosts here and then we find out that she is a ghost yeah when that happened did you think that was it did you think that like okay that's that's the twist is that they've been ghosts all along uh i don't think so because i think really quickly they do all the twists in the last 20 minutes they're all yeah they all wrap it up pretty quick yeah <laughs> and so i was kind of there being like I feel like there's got to be something else. I didn't know what it was. I then was trying to think part of the reason these guys have come is other servants have left. And so I did find it odd that they came and there was no ad. They hadn't actually read it because it had never been picked up. And so I was like, are you guys trying to take back the house? Like, are you trying to get these three to leave the house house so that the house is now yours? Um. I then was trying to figure out were the servants who had just left, I think the week previous or 10 days before, were they also ghosts who have now moved on? Like, I couldn't figure out. Trying to figure out what was going on, really? Yeah, I was trying to piece it all together. Um, But yeah, it was that they also kept referring to things, not necessarily as the others, but intruders. The intruders, yeah. The intruders were here and she could see the intruders or more intruders were always going to come and things like that. And I was kind of just like, what are you doing? Like, what's going right. on? <laughs> so so when when we then get the other twist, the second twist, that Nicole Kidman and the two kids are also ghosts, and that yeah. Nicole Kidman killed the two children, Yeah. how'd you feel then? I was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just pure shock. Yeah. I stopped taking notes. <laughs> because it's all revealed... Nicole Kidman's character, Grace, goes into a room and she sees a table set up with people around the table. Yeah. And her two kids are there just saying, we're not dead. We're not dead. We're here. We're here. And stuff. And then instantly. The the people are having like a seance. A seance. Yeah. And stuff. But it took me a minute to clue in that it was a seance. Right. I couldn't quite piece together who everybody was at that moment. And there's the crazy witch lady the leader yep. of the seance and she's there kind of saying things and writing scribbles and the other people are reading things and i was like 
oh, this is now what yeah. happened. So we find out that the other people are not the ghosts who have intruded in the house. That it's yeah. actually Nicole Kidman and the kids who are the ghosts. And they won't leave the house. Yeah. Despite a new family having moved in. The intruders yeah. are the parents and Victor, the boy. The boy. And so you, you find out that they haven't been the ones being haunted the entire time that they were actually haunting yeah this other family yeah and i i love it so I is that it. what you didn't get the first time no when you I were think, 13 no i think the thing that i didn't get was that there wasn't enough scares throughout the movie oh okay you didn't so, get the ambiance that... yeah that stuff okay. i think went right over my head and so like the actual scares in the movie are pretty sparse. Like they are very effective when they do show up, but they're pretty sparse. Yeah. Like to get what you would conventionally call like a scary scene or a scary moment, take the atmosphere out of it. Like there's the Victor voice thing. There's the stuff with the piano later on. There's a couple things with like doors being slammed and whatnot, but like, there's nothing like I was coming at it at this stage, probably having watched, like a couple Halloween movies and a couple Friday the 13th where it's like kill after kill after kill, a scary scene after scary. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, okay. And so I was kind of, that was what I knew horror movies to be, to bring up scream again. <laughs> like it was those types of movies where it's sort of like, you can very clearly point to those moments and be like, yeah, that's scary. That's the scary scene. And there's a lot of them. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, it's very much like we're going for quality, not quantity in this one. Yeah, I will say the other scary scene that actually had me, like, feeling a lot of things is when Anne's trying on her first communion dress. <laughs> Kieran has a big grin now because he So, knows. yeah. Okay, to, to speak on it. Okay. Speak so on it. So, Anne is trying on her christening, or not her christening. Anne is trying on her first communion dress. Grace leaves the room. Yeah. Here's something or just comes back to the room and says it's time to take things off yeah and she then turns and sees that it's an old woman yeah. in her daughter's first communion thing i then instantly put my hands over my face and watched the rest of that scene through my fingers because i couldn't handle it <laughs> and then she attacks her kid <laughs> yeah who then turns back into her kid and i was there being like what is going on i don't like this movie <laughs> now that goes to the thing about Nicole Kidman slowly going crazy. Um, yeah. So that moment was, I, I can remember that. And that moment was in like all the trailers. Oh, was it? And that was like kind of a meme before memes. Like, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. was the clip that people would talk about. So much so that it then was parodied in the Scary Movie franchise. Oh, okay. And. I'll have to look at the timelines, but there's a very real possibility that I saw the parodied version of that scene before actually seeing the scene. And so therefore, when that scene came up, like it was it, just completely deflated. Because oh, okay. I was sort of like, oh yeah, the scary movie, the scary movie scene. See, whereas I've never seen scary movie, well, I yes. wouldn't have seen the trailer. Yes. So like for me, that was a true... It's definitely... Oh my God. It's It's probably the most sort of like bludgeon you over the head, this is a scary moment. Yeah. In the movie, whereas everything else is a little bit more subtle um, until we get to the big reveals at the end, obviously. But yeah, that's probably the most sort of like, don't forget this is a scary movie yeah, moment sort of thing. And so, yeah, like unfortunately it still, it doesn't really work for me because I can't get the scary movie moment out of my head. 
Um, and like that's those movies, like for as fun as they are, they ruined a lot of horror movies for me <laughs> over the years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just to, to go back to the two twists, I think in a post Sixth Sense world, and I know you haven't seen the Sixth Sense, nope. um, but in a post Sixth Sense world, this might be one of the better two twist movies out there where it's like, okay. we're going to, we're going to give you one twist and you're then going to relax for a minute to sort of be like, oh, okay, that's, oh, okay. That's what it was. Ooh, got through that one. Only to then turn around a couple minutes later and be like, oh, fuck, like <laughs> something so much worse, something so much worse. But yeah, like as all good movies and, you know, you can go back and watch the others and it, it works as well. Like you then have to replay all the moments in the movie with Bruce Willis and with Nicole Kidman and sort of be like, oh yeah, like they, there was something off about that scene. Yeah. But you just didn't pick up on it because you weren't even thinking that they are dead the entire time. Can you remember when you first watched it? Did you guess these twists? No. Or were they true? No, well, like I was 13. I, I okay. may have had an inkling that the the three were ghosts. But yeah, like I, I certainly, I was not guessing because looking, this ending. looking at some of the trivia, they kind of point out some of the spoilers that like nobody actually eats there's food served but nobody actually eats any food at any given moment um and then there was something else about kind of the reveal of them being all ghosts well so, so. i didn't pick up on it the first time around this time around the scene with the long lost father when he returns yeah did that give away anything to you it didn't give me anything away. Something didn't seem right, right. about it. Okay. I kind of think figured maybe he just had PTSD. Right. Or I think something. That's, that's certainly what they're hoping you think. Yeah. But yeah, that kind of I had an uneasy feeling, but I didn't kind of pinpoint. Did it kind of Yeah, so like for anyone if you if you've made it this far and have not seen the others <laughs> and and intend to watch it, like I don't know what you're doing, but the what we keep hearing throughout the movie is that the father went off to war. It's, it's set, I think it's set just after the First World War. I don't think it's, I don't think it's still it active was wartime. Nineteen forty-five. Oh, it's forty-five. Oh, okay, so it's it's after the Second World. I thought it was yeah. the first one. So he's gone off to war and hasn't come back yet, and it's now been a couple of years. Yeah, a year and a half or something. Yeah, I think. and so I think they all assume that, like, I I think they secretly all assume that he is dead, but nobody's kind of voiced that nobody's come out and said you know he's probably they don't dead. they don't have a body they don't they, yeah, have any way to yeah, confirm it yeah yeah all of a sudden he just appears appears in the fog in the fog like the other three and he comes into the house and like he's a little off and you are sort of thinking well like he was at war that's fair enough and then he just leaves yeah he's there for a couple days and then he just leaves and the first time around i it wouldn't have tipped its hand at all i wasn't sort of maybe paying that close attention this time around because i knew where things were going which is maybe not a fair thing to look at but there was a part of me where sort of like oh you guys are you're showing your hand here big time to have this character that the audience obviously assumes is dead because of the way that they're speaking about him to just show up and then leave i was sitting there sort of being like oh like that's a that's a big clue that's a big clue. For anyone paying attention, that's a big clue. And I think thinking back to it now, he has a moment not shown to us with the daughter yeah. where they talk about that day 
They yeah. were always referred to it as that day. And then Nicole Kidman's character comes in and he sits down with her and says, what happened on that day? Like, tell me about it and stuff. And so they clearly something goes on. But I don't think you ever get the story. Do you? I don't think she tells you the whole story. No. She just kind of says. No. She sort of says that I just like lost it a little I bit. I lost it a little bit yeah. that day or whatever. And so then at the end of the movie when it's all revealed that she had gone in and smothered her two kids with a pillow and then realized what she did and shot herself. You're like, oh, that was that day. That's, that's that day. There's that not going to be other days to really confuse that with. And stuff. And so having him kind of say that and have that conversation with her and say, well, I'm just going to move on. Like, I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is kind of looking back. You're like, oh, that's him maybe trying to help her realize something where cool. they are. Like, Because I think that's like getting back to the end of the movie. Like, that's one of the interesting things about the second twist is that once you find out that they are dead, you then come to realize that the three housekeepers are there to kind of help them realize they're dead. Yeah. It's not a malicious thing at all. Like, they're not there to haunt them. They're not there to take the house back. They're just there to sort of be like, hey, you're dead. <laughs> like, Come to that realization. Come, yeah, yeah, you guys need to figure this one out because, you know, it's going to be better for everybody. And, like, now, once again, looking back at it, a lot of the movie is quite religious. Yes. In a way. Um, they spend a, a lot of time reading the Bible yeah. and talking about religion and the Bible and things like that. They do talk about the four hells, the four yeah. Yeah. four levels of hell or yeah. four hells or something. And one of them kind of being purgatory and stuff. And so now looking back, you're like, well, this is the purgatory. Yeah. Like <laughs> they're halfway there. Like the, yeah. They're halfway there. Yeah. She's committed murder. Yeah. <laughs> and then suicide. And then we get to the end of the movie and it's kind of not like they, they, I think they accept that they are dead yeah, and they're ghosts, but it's not a happy ending because the family obviously leave the house. The, the, the family who have moved in, they leave the house and th there was a little part of me of sort of like, they're obviously just doomed to stay in this house. Like they, they accept that they're dead, but they don't really move on from the house or their surroundings or, or, you know what I mean? They are kind of just there. Yeah. And you're waiting, sort of like, oh. Waiting like, for the next people to yeah, move like, into the house. And... It was a really sort of like stark way to end the movie. But, but again, I was like, oh, that's a great choice. Like, you know, it would have a, felt... a lesser movie would have, would have had this happy moment at the end where it's like, yes, we are dead. Let's all go yeah. away from here. And sort of like, no, like that's not really the type of movie that you've made. I think if they had done it that way, I would have actually hated the movie because of that choice. Yeah. <laughs> By them not moving on. Like, they're happy. They're going to live in the house that they have wanted to live in. The kids now can get to be out in the sun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a nice thing for the kids. But as I think Miss Mills says, like, there's always going to be others who yeah. come and stuff. So, like, but I think now, and I think Mills said it as well, sometimes you get to feel... They'll feel the other people there. Sometimes they won't. Right. So like they could just keep living in that house forever and not be affected by other people coming in or affecting other people. So I think you really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed the movie. And I've said that at the start. I did enjoy it because the movie was good. I don't like the feeling I had. So like if I could just watch the movie without feelings, 
How do you do it, Kieran? Tell me. How do you have no feelings? Well, the, the thing is, with the horror movies, I don't. I think you just need to watch more. I think you just need you just you need get to desensitize. Yeah, you just need to beef up those horror movie muscles a little bit, and then oh, you'll be you'll be flying. Well, I think I had said when we were trying to pick ones as well, though. Like, I don't mind suspense movies. I don't mind atmosphere movies. It is really like the gore and like those ones. I just don't. Which enjoy. this, which this doesn't have, which this doesn't have, yeah. And the, like the other thing, again, going back to that thing of like, I didn't really get it when I was thirteen, but now I actually appreciate that it's not doing this. There's no real like jump scares. I don't think there's any sort of like somebody quietly walking down the hallway and then like a cat jumps out. Like there's nothing like that in this movie. I would argue for me the scene with the daughter and the old woman. But but that's not, yeah like I get it that wasn't that's like for a sh- you because I get it that got... that's a, but that's like a shocking moment I get that mm-hmm. but it does build up to it you know what I mean like yeah it's not your traditional jump scare where they turn around the corner and there's a loud screech and you know something pops out like it, okay it slowly builds its way up there which is like where the dread and the anxiety comes from because you're like oh fuck like why is it taking <laughs> so long to go around this corner yeah you know what I mean and then and then you get the reveal. But yeah, like I, the thing, the thing, like the thing with horror movies is that you can become numb to the scares. Like if it is just chocker block full scary moments and gore and death and you know, whatever's going on, you can just become numb to it yeah. to the point where it's not working anymore. It's not effective. Whereas I find something like this where it's like, I'm going to sustain this really uneasy atmosphere and then I'm just going to pepper in a few moments. It's sort of like, fucking hell. Like, this is right under your skin. I guarantee you that you were thinking about some of these scenes for a day or two afterwards. Uh, yeah, later that day, once again, I had said, I went around the house, made sure all the doors were locked. Chris came home and I thought he had closed the door behind him and he didn't. And he left it open just a little bit. And I was like, you can't do that to me. I just watched this movie. Like, all the doors need to be locked. All the time. <laughs> but he, so, like, here's the thing. Like, we, we can we can start to wrap things up here. But here's the thing. So, with that specifically, like, if you could get yourself into the horror genre. Okay. I can show you other movies where, like, a slightly cracked door is actually a good thing. Okay. You know what I mean? But, but you're also going to have to sit through probably, like, ten other scary things to get to that realization. But, yeah, like, I was, like, you told me about that story and immediately my mind went to... Oh, yeah, like in that horror movie, that's actually a good thing. The little okay. crack in the door is like a positive and a hopeful thing. Uh, but, yeah, you don't know that because you won't, you won't, you won't dip in, into these waters. You won't, you won't, I dipped. This was a dip. This is a dip, I guess. Yeah. This we, is a need, toe. This need, is a toe in the water. We need you to take a plunge here. <laughs> I'm not diving into the deep end, so that's not happening. Because I will say, after watching this, I did put on some of my trashy TV shows to like... Even out? Cleanse my palate yeah. a little bit, so... Next week is like another kind of scary one, isn't it? Well, it's not. No, next week is much more. It's not even really psychological. Next week's a thriller. Okay, definitely a thriller, but it is about home invasion. Oh yes. So like similar ideas. There are definitely intruders. In fact, like, and you see them this time. They're not ghosts. Okay. <laughs> so like, uh, they're front and center. But it is definitely it is a home invasion movie. It's a thriller. But I think what what 
you may find scary about this movie is that it is kind of like matter of fact about, you mean like it's not supernatural. It's not, you know, it could happen to me. It's sort of just like, yeah, these, these guys broke in the house. There's something in the house that they want. They broke in to get it. And there's a mom and a daughter in the house. And it's like, what, how do you, how do you deal with it? Lovely. Me and Byra spend an enormous amount of time by ourselves in a house. (laughs) Listen. Do you, you, have a pan, do you have a panic room set up in the basement I didn't know about? You'll feel better. You'll feel better having Briar in the house <laughs> after this one because the, the the daughter in this one actually does some shit. She actually okay. helps out. And so if you could just train Briar to sort of be ready to go at a moment's notice, you'll be fine. I've you'll got it. Okay. But that, that'll be next week. So we'll see everybody then. See you then.